You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. What's happening, my brother? Are you ringing us in today here, son? Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Sorry, I was like just off in my own little daydreaming world listening to our intro. Mm. Well, because I haven't been hearing it recently because of the new way we're recording. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I could hear it today. And it just sounded different. <laughs> well, you're just... Yeah, I don't know why I did that. You're just hungover. Settle down. <sighs> Might Let's be. Go. What am I not? Let's go. Welcome uh, to the show, everybody. This week, we got some pretty interesting guests. Um, Brian Keating, professor of physics. Smart dude. Mm, awesome just guy. a little, little smart. Hulk, the motherfucking Hogan. Hulkamania. Let's go. And then David, Dave Smith, Dave Smith. I've got a feeling Dave Smith's going to be on often. I think Joe really enjoys these conversations with this guy. I think Joe's becoming a libertarian, son. I love it. He might be. Yeah, Smith. Ah. Smith is a smart one. Smith is a smart one. He right. is, dude. And he's a good comic, too. So, you know, he can always be at the store. And and uh, so interesting when he's on the pod, too. Like, if you only knew him either from the pods or from his political stuff, you'd have no idea that he's a comedian. No, not at all. Not at all. He really, he really like, you know, because a lot of these guys that are comedians will come on and even cover political stuff like Dylan does. And, you know, he's still funny though, right? It's still like, (laughs) oh, they're comedians. They're silly. He, but, but, um, Dave is like, he's in the zone when he's he's discussing this stuff. He's serious guy. Yeah. Serious like, guy, but it but it works. It's important. There's a lot of good information that they gotta get in there. It's like he's not trying to impress you by being silly and cracking jokes. He's like, I got I got something important to say here. Love it. Anyway, Love it. let's jump into Brian Keating. Mm. Um Keating. So he did win the Nobel Prize, right? Uh yes. Is that what but, it was? Well, I the, Google this. Well, no, no, no. The book I Googled it as well. So the he wrote a book called the excuse me, I looked this up as well. Uh blah 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 blah. I've got it up here. I think it's called let's see here, right here. Brian Keating. Uh Losing the Nobel Prize, the inside story of a quest to unlock one of cosmology's biggest mysteries, derailed by the lure of the Nobel Prize. So Basically, what he's saying is you have these scientists who are, you know, want something so bad. Clearly, he wanted to win the Nobel Prize. He talks about how his father never won it and was pissed off. And he wanted to, you know, this is something that he's always wanted as a child. And um, I think the idea there is that the ambition that they're driven by in pursuit of Nobel Nobel gold, um, it's like they're getting deceived from the real idea of what they're doing science for right it's just like anything i get it it's yeah that's right that's really what he was getting to you know did did uh did you know did fucking um excuse me did kurt cobain want to be famous hell no it drove him to 
eventually kill himself if you believe that he killed himself. That's a whole nother story. Uh, Courtney Love, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, man. I, I think if you're a true scientist, right, you don't want to be lured by those things, but clearly he was, and I, I think it's cool that he wrote a whole book about being lured by it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pursuit for certain things, it's like it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that, that I don't know, there's like a price to be paid, right? It's like that glory is... Well, look, clearly this kid has been a kid. I, he's probably a little bit younger 51. than us. Is he 51? He looks young. Yeah. Looks good. But, I mean, he was five years old. Uh, you know, he, he kind of always knew he wanted this, right? It sounds like his dad was mm -hmm. a scientist and big into math and that sort of thing. So and it, it was something that he's always wanted to do. And he even said he always wanted the Nobel Prize. That's kind of a crazy yeah. goal, right? Like, I just want to maybe learn how to play guitar. No, I want I want to win the Nobel Prize. No big deal. It's, it's certainly ambitious. Maybe I could learn Spanish. You know, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like I mean, to go. First off, I'd like to say he, th this is what I really enjoyed about him is one, he obviously is really enjoying podcasting, yep. right? You know, his show is... Uh, I listened to some bits of his own show, nice. and it's it's picking up steam. You know, obviously, there's going to be a Rogan bump with it. It's not a huge show yet, but it's good. And he is an excellent science communicator, mm -hmm. you know? So many of these super smart scientists are just kind of, I don't know, I dare I say, like, just too nerdy to, like, really be able to explain what's happening. So I the think, best you yeah. get often is, like, really good teachers or professors in this subject that have specialized because they've learned to communicate these mm. really complicated things. And he just had a fun way of doing it, you know? I, I It was, like, engaging, you know? He wasn't, like, super nerdy to where mm -hmm. it's, like... You know, you're rolling your eyes at the silly things that he's saying, enthusiastic the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when he was talking really quickly and just like rattling off points and jumping from one idea to the next, I mean, it sometimes that's a lot. Sometimes when you're listening to a podcast, especially for hours, which is what Rogan's platform is, it's just like, oh, dude, slow down. Like, uh, take a breath well joe you know what I mean? joe kept bringing him back joe did a really good job of like hey we're getting off topic he must have said it five times we're getting off topic let's go back to what we were talking about right i mean this yeah, guy's so it, smart but it brain. wasn't it wasn't so much like you know that that will often happen when he has like um famous rock stars on there rock stars seem to do it they just like waffle on and go on crazy tangents and they're like just very difficult to pay attention to it, at least with him he would just jump from like one factoid to another right and he you know for joe i think it was just a few points where he didn't like clearly answer the question you know especially with the ufo thing so he was talking about why he doesn't necessarily believe there's other aliens mm -hmm. but then would give all these different examples <clears throat> and i think it was just getting away from the point for joe um but the amount of information like he you just got the sense that he knew what the fuck he was talking about for sure in, yeah. in a lot of areas it wasn't just physics like the guy has a ton of information in that big head of his yeah it was cool man and and i think to go back to your point of this whole you know i talk well he talks well he's not your typical nerdy scientist who doesn't get behind a uh, you know a microphone 
but that is how you sell things. You need to get funded. And I think that's what a lot of his book is talking about. I haven't read the book, but from the prologue that I read, it, it seems to be like the only way you're going to get ahead in science, you have to be an influencer a little bit. You know, there's a reason why Elon Musk is, is so influential, even though he's kind of a crazy weirdo, he he's good at getting in front of people. He's good at getting the press. He's good at whether he's good at talking or not, he's doing enough of it in front of the press and, and getting it out there enough to where people are talking about it. And you're not going to get funded for science if it's not being talked about. You, you can't just for sit sure. in a hole and fucking, you know, create a telescope without funding. I mean, they didn't even talk about how much this bicep two costs, but good God, it must be billions of dollars to create this telescope. I would think I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe I should look that up, but yeah. Pretty freaking Bad cool, though, dude. Right? Seventeen thousand. It, it is. It's. It, you know. It's interesting to be like. It, you know. This is why these guys are so important, right? Whether it's Neil deGrasse Tyson or him or uh, the what, what was he Maku? Who's the Asian uh, Michu, dude? Michu Kaku. Michu Kaku. Yeah, that, guy. that guy's legend. Love him. I mean, because because they they make you so interested in it, and it sounds cool, the shit they're doing. Right. Right? You don't just think, oh, they're looking at space. What a bunch of nerds. You're just like, <laughs> man, this is great. we got to build this thing. Yeah. Like, we got to find out more <clears throat> answers about stuff. It's almost um, like it, every scientist. Interesting. I know oh, we ahead. talked about Rogan uh, t- shooting that tweet out. Yep. Or that Instagram post about the universe being twice as old mm-hmm. as it was. And... Um, you know what we thought it was. It was cool for Brian to like put that kind of to bed. Yeah, what did they say? 20, 26 billion years they were saying. Yeah, but <clears throat> that's kind of like a debunk thing. Mm. Like as far as we know, it's still thirteen point whatever, and it's like, you know, okay, good. You know, okay. even though it okay. sounded cool that we were, it was older. I was just like, wait a second. It was like unnerving to hear that because then you're like, oh shit. Like, are we that clueless that we don't know? Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Step into a world of nonstop action on DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots. Plus, enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers can get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. All you have to do is sign up, select the offer, make your deposit, and start playing from a full suite of games. Download the DraftKings Casino app now, sign up with promo code JREER, and new customers get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code J-R-E-R. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races in West Virginia. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. One per opted in new customer. Minimum $5 deposit. Max match $100 in casino credits, which requires one-time playthrough within seven days. See terms at casino.org. DraftKings.com slash player's choice. Restrictions apply. So much. I think so. It's like you sir. like to think we know some stuff. Well, like clearly Brian universe is. Clearly Brian Keating knows, but I'm not getting a well, it looks like there's a bicep three now. Is that a whole different thing? Hmm. I'm trying to get the oh, you of course, it? Well, they're not gonna tell us how much it costs, you know. I mean, this was back in 
yeah, this is a totally different thing. Cosmic, cosmic microwave background equipment. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, it's above my head. Uh, no worries. Biz, biggest astrophysics discovery of the century may have been wrong. This was in 2014. This is talking about the Bicep 2. So the Bicep 2 is in Antarctica. The one that he is building currently is not finished. Is that the, the thing, or are they just now finishing it, this one in Chile? Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's finished. Okay, so I need to figure I that out. Said it wasn't I need to figure that out. I thought the, um, yeah, I think a lot of what he was talking about this this moral obligation that that scientists have to tell the truth that resonated with me quite a bit. Of just, look, we yeah, this, I love that. We we need to tell people the truth. I mean, we get so much, you know, so many facts skewed and so many things we don't even know if AI is talking about it or if it's even real anymore. And scientists have a moral obligation. I really. I starred that one because that was just cool to hear, man. Because, you know, a lot of the times <clears throat> it does get skewed and a lot of people don't believe in science or they only, you know, there's a lot of religious people who think science is bunk or whatever. It's like, no, we're just, we're just here trying to find the truth. That is the point of science. It's just a bunch of theories that get tested over and over and over. We're just trying to figure out the fucking answer, right? That is science. Yeah. And well, it should be. You know, there's still biases. There's still, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And, um, you know, I, I always think it's great when a scientist is like, you know, humble enough to say, yeah, I may be seen as like one of the smartest people in my field. But honestly, we don't know what is even true. Right. It's like this is the best that we think that we figured out. And most of its hypotheses and a lot of it will be proved wrong eventually, but this is the best we got right now. You know, instead of saying that's the truth, this is how it is. This is it's a plus B equals C and that's the answer. Mm. You know, it, I don't know that, that kind of thing gives me some more confidence. Pretty cool, buddy. Let's jump on to Galileo, dude. Mm. What a guy. This guy is obviously <laughs> big fan of Galileo. Huge fan. Huge fan of was Galileo. He, was, he a lot of people should be. was he in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? I can't remember if um, Galileo was it was part of that crew with Socrates. I, I think so. I know Einstein was in there. <laughs> what did they do in the second one? They went back in time and like grabbed all the smartest people in the universe yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, with Rufio, freaking George Carlin. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the first mm -hmm. one. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The second one was a little bit different. They did go back. I, fuck, who knows? It, that was like came who out knows, in the eighties. It's blurring. But anyway, he tried to invent the the watch. Mm -hmm. You forget that we haven't had fucking clocks for like more than what three hundred years. Yeah. Yep. How crazy Everything is that? Everything was a sundial. How did anyone meet up? You're like, yeah, I'll meet you over there. Well, around. Dude, they're all. I mean, they're not driving around in cars, so they're all just walking around the goddamn city. They're like, hey, meet me at the pub, uh, aka the the hot pools with your, you know, with the wine that has some. You know, uh, mescaline in it. <laughs> Some no, ergot. it's the ergot. Thank you. Yeah, meet me, meet me in the pools. We're gonna trip out. And we're gonna talk about philosophy. I mean, how dope is that? Let's go. Yeah, but how did they figure out when to meet up? I mean, people could be on horses and go to like the next village or whatever. I guess they knew like days. Well, they it was like I'll see you tomorrow. But honestly, it's like half past Leo's ass, a quarter to fucking Aquarian's balls, dude. That like when it when the sky hits that point of Aquarian's balls, that's where we that's when we go to the hot pools. The okay, I believe it, and that like, is hey, excellent. Everyone that has may a be one of the funniest things you've ever said. 
That's just I just I just had that one right there. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like that's how they would have done it, right? Use yeah. some fucking yeah. Everyone's got a you telescope. Know, you astrology. Gotta, there you go. You're looking at the stars. All right. So so John Harris in 1759. A clockmaker from Yorkshire mm, County. There you go. UK. Sounds like it solved the problem of longitude by inventing a timepiece that could tell the correct time at sea. Pretty dope. There you go. Yeah. So a little clock there. <sighs> Pretty cool. Yeah, so what else did he long. make? Galileo obviously knew a lot about the stars. I mean, he that, that's how Smart he guy. that's how they fucking, you know, navigated ships back then, right? Gal Galileo Galilei. I mean, how Fucking sweet is that. Uh -huh. Galileo uh -huh. di Vicenterio Bonaluti de Galilei, commonly referred to as Galileo, was an Italian astronomer, physicist, and engineer, sometimes described as a polymath. I don't even know what that means. What uh, did it say? Born in February 15th on a word. He's an Aquarian, bro, of course. Uh, no, no. What, what did it say, though? A poly what? He is sometimes described as a polymath. Should we look up what polymath means? I bet it just means like someone that can do all sorts of shit. A person of a wide-ranging knowledge or learning. Okay, so, you know. Exactly you're, you're a polymath. the definition that I gave. You're a polymath. Good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, born February 15th, 1564. Pretty dope. Yeah, um, did some good stuff. Lived to like 80. Father of observational astronomy. He studied speed and velocity, gravity and freefall, principle of relativity, inertia. He invented the thermoscope and various military compasses and used the telescope for scientific observations. I always thought of him as just the guy who made the telescope, right? I didn't even know about this other stuff. Well, the big thing for him was that he figured out really clearly that the we go around the sun mm -hmm. and the sun doesn't go around us so we're not the center of the universe right right and the church did not like that and they were pretty pissed off mm. and according to our ass. boy brian uh the, the church still hasn't officially forgiven him or pardoned him or whatever yeah so met with opposition that the church uh you know takes some time take some time to make some choices there so well, it contradicted the Holy Scripture, Adam, and that is an absolute no-no because they control the world at the time. They don't it, want does to it lose really their power in the Bible that we're in the middle. <sighs> uh, you're going to ha have to ask somebody who knows the Bible. I don't know the Bible oh. well, but the, either way, they would they were not happy about it. I do know that I was God fearing up until about the age of twelve, and then once I uh, once I got through catechism, I was like, "Fuck that noise." <laughs> Oh, so yeah, so Galileo was the man. Um, what else do we have here, dude? The very low probability that aliens are real. Let's get into that before we switch over to the Hulkamania. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not convinced with that. That's with what he was saying that. I mean, he wasn't being convincing. He kind of went around in a circle. I mean, I get it. Like, if he's just dealing with percentages and likelihoods, I mean, you know, the most convincing part of that argument, really... And remember, I'm super biased because I want to believe that they're there. Yeah. Is that he is looking out into space all the time mm -hmm. and looking at um, microwave radiation always. Yeah. He's like very yeah. good at this. One of the best in the world, probably. And, you know, it's like where, like, there's no signals. 
yeah. that they're picking up for shit flying here. So Yeah, you would think they'd talk to us, and that, that was a compelling argument. Like, hey, if aliens are here, they would be talking to us somehow. Even if their crafts aren't showing up here, he's saying, yeah, like, we would hear from them. So... But, yeah, there would uh, just be something you know, that they could pick the, up on. The likelihood that there's not life on Mars, even though there could be, that that was that was somewhat compelling too. But isn't Mars too fucking hot anyways? No, dude. Mars is cold, I think. Oh, okay. Well, either way. It's further away. What he's saying is that the the closest planet to us is Mars, right? That's what he's saying. And there's no life on Mars. But there could have been, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there was a nuclear war there. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Post Malone. I loved his theory about the noxious or whatever that was. The uh, the the uh, the gas that they're finding that could have been from nuclear oh, yeah, explosions. Yeah. What was it? Xeon? Z- something like that. Yeah. Freaking. Um. Yeah, could have had nuclear war up there. But yeah, saying Fravor, you know, and Ryan Graves, yes, they saw it on radar, but he's still not convinced that, you know, that that hurt a little because this guy is obviously so fucking smart and you just want to believe. You want to believe. And it's getting harder and harder to believe, especially... Remember, I, I, though, too, like, and sorry to cut you off, but remember, yeah. basically, these scientists, they, when you believe in science... You're trying to find facts. Right. That's a big part of what you're doing, right? You're, in a sense, you're a detective of the universe. There you go. And you need hard evidence. And facts are tangible things. That really hasn't been presented. True. Like, what we have is a scan through instrumentation. And there's the potential for that to not be functioning well or correct, right? I hear you. So... Even though I'm not on his side for that one, it's like, yeah, it's not, it not illogical. It doesn't, it doesn't make me hear him and think he's less credible. I'm like, I, I appreciate what he's saying, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably something we should pay attention to a little bit. Love that. Think about. It. I got one more thing to say, and then let's move over to the Hulk. Uh, I, sure. I appreciated the last question that was presented to Joe by Brian, which was, if you could go back and give yourself 30 seconds when you're 20 years old, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Oh yeah. That was just fucking great. He's like, nothing. Life is a grind. Go through it. I got nothing. You know what I really liked about that is like Rogan, you know, he like, that's really what he thought about it. I don't know if he'd ever been asked that or even considered the question. He knew it right away. And I don't think anyone would answer that question like that no i wouldn't almost everyone has an answer and honestly i would think that i would have stuff to say Hmm. until i heard what joe said about it and then i'm like you know what i'm fucking on board with you joe you like that because yeah i thought it was great you wouldn't tell yourself anything i don't think i'd listen i don't think i'd believe it and i don't think it would help And, and you know what let's say i did right let's say i listened i was like oh shit that's me from the future and it, it, like that's someone i can trust that obviously trying to help me mm-hmm. right because it's me you know then you might obsess about whatever that thing is and i don't know fall short of it or just not be ready to hear it so you can't even process it the right way it's like i don't know man i think it would almost be cooler just to be like Hey, brother, enjoy the ride. Yeah. It's going to be wild. Appreciate as much as you can. Yeah. You know what I would say? This is what I would tell myself. I would straight up be like, look, life is hard. You're going to go through a lot, but just try to focus on 
your friendships and you know, being the most loving person you can be and trying to be the most positive person you can be. Don't let the negativity get in the way. And I know that's so cliche, but like I've spent so many days overthinking things and like thinking like, oh, what what could I have done to change things? And then ultimately everything ends up working out and being for the mm-hmm. better. Even when you're going through it, it doesn't feel that way. You get through it and you're like, oh, fuck, that needed to happen, even though it sucked so bad. Yeah. So really just being like, hey, well, all the negative shit that you have to go through, it, you're just going to have to get through it way, maybe with a little bit more, with like a little bit less anger, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Are you sure you don't want to say, listen, <laughs> younger Todd, just wait till you meet someone called Adam and then listen to them. And then, then, oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. That's good. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Dot org. To the Hulk. All right. The Hulk. Come on. Oh, Let's buddy. fucking go. What an absolute legend. I mean, come on, dude. Think about what he's done. Isn't he like 70 now? How old is Hulk actually? Yeah, 70 years old. Started God. wrestling in 1977. Damn. I got to see some old photos of Hulk with the long hair in a rock and roll band. He mentioned that he was in a rock and roll pull band like 85 times. So I'm going to yeah. pull it up, but I've got a lot of notes. Why don't you start? I'm going to pull up a photo well, of six foot seven, you know, freaking almost six, 300 seven? pounds. He's six, seven. I think. Jesus. Yeah. He's, he, well, he was, remember he's like six, four now. Cause he's had a lot of back surgeries. Oh, right, right, right. Hulk in a rock band. You know, I, I appreciated this was towards the end, but man, did I appreciate him believing in the law of attraction. That's what's up. Love that. I love the yeah, secret. Yeah, he seemed a real positive outlook. I mean, he, and he was like humble. You know, he, he didn't sound like all that braggadocious on that. He no. sounds like a sweet guy. For sure. Oh, and, yeah. And here we go. Here we go. So I, I wish you guys could see this right now. Uncovering the facts about the musical past of Hulk Hogan. Oh, he looks so dope. He's got a fucking do-rag on. He's got glasses and long ass blonde hair. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I wish long we could find some of his songs and play. Bass player in a band called Ruckus. Before finding his calling in wrestling, Hulk Hogan, Terry B- Balea, right? His, his real name's Terry Balea, was a long-haired bass player in a band called Ruckus. Little did he realize how much his life would change after playing a gig in, Gay- in Daytona. All right. Damn. Anyway. Ruckus was my yeah. was my last band, he says. Legend. He wasn't a big sports guy. He uh he just wanted to play guitar. And then that, you know, they start out at, at towards the beginning there of talking about him going to what was it some sort of uh training spot or gym that he would go to and the fucking dude broke his leg on purpose? What was that all about? Yeah, it's a, they, dude, back in the day with insane. wrestling, it was like it was a brutal environment. You know, there were like all these territories and they were all broken up. There's mm-hmm. a, actually a great little documentary on wrestling mm. and how um, the WWE guy, Vince McMahon, like really kind of combined it by like taking over all the territories and making it the ginormous sport that it has become or yeah. like entertainment thing. It's not sport, right? Was that Vin- but, Vince McMahon senior or junior? Junior. Okay. Yeah. yeah the so the dad... They respected the lines, respected the territories. It was like, don't cross those. Because, you know, these guys would freaking go to war with each other. I mean, it was it was a brutal time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and also the business was brutal. It was like, we want to see what you're made of. 
Like, let's find out if you can hang. And if, if you stick around after we abuse you, you can stay. I mean, yeah. Talk about fucking putting the work in. I bet these guys have a lot of respect for each other. And you hear it, like, because he, he would say, oh, we hated each other for a long time, man. But now we're cool and we hang out and we make fun of each other. It's like the respect comes in. But there was, there sounded like a lot of aggressive, you yeah. know, play going on. Pretty cool. Well, I'm reading. I'm reading kind of this history here, and, the, and he did go into Read it a little bit. I need to take a piss anyway. All right. So he says, I'm reading this. Uh, this from ProWrestlingStories.com. It says that <clears throat> one of the late great wrestlers named Jack Briscoe uh, was the world's heavyweight champion back in the day. So this would have been 1970. It looks like um, Jack Briscoe saw Hogan's band playing, and he says, I went to this nightclub called The Other Place. It was about midnight. I walked in standing. There was was Hulk Hogan playing guitar in a band. He was so impressive. He was only 21 years old at the time. God damn, I thought if I had that boy, I could become rich. And then it, he laughs in parentheticals. Uh, they went on break. I came over to him at the table for a beer. I asked him, did you ever think about being a press, pro wrestler? And Hogan answers, it's what I've always wanted to do. I'm a big fan of yours. I've been watching you for years. I've always wanted to do that goes on to him saying he introduced him to Eddie Graham and Hiro Matsuda. Hiro Matsuda was the guy who ran the gym um, in Florida. And looks like that's how he kind of got starting, started in the wrestling world. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, that's fucking cool. I mean, think, you know, think of just how massive he was. It's like, of course, he'd be great for something like that. And uh, you just don't see human beings like that. Talking about human beings you don't see existing, Brock Lesnar they talked about. Mm -hmm. So obviously Hulk and Brock <clears throat> have known each other for a while. They've been working together, all the rest of it. And just talking about how committed he is, how like what a super athlete. When Rogan pulled up his stats, he runs a 40 and 4.7, can bench 225 35 times. Killing it. A 10-foot, what was it, a 10-foot long jump or a 10-foot something? Is that what Standing it was? Long jump? I didn't I write know. notes on I that one. Dude, the guy is is like, that's incredible to move a body that quickly that's so huge. Brock is an unbelievable athlete. And here's the thing, Todd, and you may not know this, but, you know, obviously I'm a big UFC guy. Brock came over from WWE, got into... Um, now he was a great collegiate wrestler. Like yeah. he literally had like a hundred um, win streak record in college. I don't think like anyone wow. ever beat him. He That's was like a hundred and maybe one loss. I don't know. Yeah, he crushed it. Then went and played football. Then he did um, WWE. But then he went over to the UFC, right? Mm -hmm. And he fucking became the heavyweight champion. I mean, he was terrifying when he was on top. And this was how I mean, when, he what year? Smashing people. Hmm. When did he do that? Two thousand and eight. Okay. I think somewhere around there. See, I remember, I remember being in New Mexico. I remember watching it with my, you know, our boy Dave. Mm -hmm. Good old Dave. Shout mm -hmm. out to Dave. Dave. -o. One of his friends was over at Dave's house. We were watching the fights, and his very first fight, he was up against a legend. I can't remember the guy's name. It was like. 
Crazy Horse or <laughs> fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, that was like his nickname. It, and Brock just comes out and just barrel charges him and just sm- like freaking tackles him into the cage, like smashes mm. him. Mm. And it was at that moment we looked at each other and I was like, dude, this guy is going to be something serious because we weren't sure what to think of it. We were like, he's WWE. He's not going to know how to fight. These guys are going right. to beat the fuck out of him. Right. Not true. Hmm. Not true. He's kind of underrated, man. People people talk a lot of shit about Brock, but well, yeah. I, I appreciated having Tony on there, right? Because Tony is such a wrestling <laughs> fan. I mean, we're the same age. What Tony's what maybe a couple years younger than us, but he was way into little younger w, yeah. WWF back in the day. And I remember going over to my oh, buddy. He still is, dude. Robbie Robbie Goldman's house. Who knows if the kid's even alive anymore, but his parents were loaded and they always had the freaking WWF, you know, pay-per-view back in the late 80s. And that, you know, I was hooked on that. As a young kid, I might have been, what, like eight years old at the time, six years old, something like that, when those were happening with Andre the Giant and, you know, all the, all the people, freaking Jake the Snake, Hogan, uh, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage. That was such a big part of my childhood that I can remember. And so Hogan does that, and he ends up being the the champion and getting the belt, right, on one of those. I mean, we Hulkamania, yep. WrestleMania went for fucking probably, what, eight years, ten years? And then, he, he, then he's gone from that. And then McMahon brings him back. He signs on with Ted Turner, right? I didn't realize Turner was... was part of that company back then, right? That was either yeah, CNN, that was kind or, of interesting was that CNN or something else. It was just a different broadcasting network. Mm. Signs Hogan, and then he comes back on to fight The Rock. How dope was that? I had no idea. I mean, any of that happened, right? Because I just stopped watching yeah. wrestling after the early 90s. It just wasn't a thing I did. Clearly, that was just as big, if not bigger, when Hogan comes back on. And this is, at that point, now it's WWE, right? It's Vince McMahon's show, it's That's it, because they got the sued Rock. by the World uh, Wildlife Federation or something oh. dumb over the fucking <laughs> did they dot com? Yeah. Oh fuck me, I didn't know that. So anyway, like The Rock is what in his twenties, and Hogan's up there in his fifties, like early fifties, and they're just go- going to town. And it's he just, I, it was so fun to hear those old stories of just him wanting to be this bad guy and just everyone just loved it. It didn't matter. It, yeah. was, it was Hulk. Didn't matter. It everyone didn't loves matter. Hulk Hogan. Come on. Dude, I went to, so back in, I think it was like 2000, and f- my guess would be like five, 2005, I would say, uh, in Ohio. I had some buddies coming over from England mm-hmm. and um, I just got them tickets to the WWE because it was coming to Cleveland and I never mm-hmm. watched it live. Mm-hmm. And hadn't watched it for years, but I was like, let's go check it out. That'll be fun. We'll all have a blast. I was in my early 20s. Dude, the atmosphere at those things is insane. Like, it just is the wildest. So much energy. Like, forget really any sporting event you've ever been to. People lose their fucking minds. (laughs) And what was awesome about it, so Hulk had like kind of, Hulk Hogan had kind of retired then, so no one expected him to be there. He shows up. Come on. You Shows up, gets know. in the ring, does his whole hand waving, like mm-hmm. listening to the crowd thing mm-hmm. in every area. He didn't actually wrestle, but he just came out just to make an appearance. Tight. And oh, dude, that place was on fire. That's bad. It was honestly like one of the funnest kind of events I'd been to. Like, and that includes like good concerts and stuff, just because of the vibe, though. Oh, you I'm know, sure. the energy. I'm sure. It was out of control. What did you think about how many times he used to have to perform? 
and oh, how unreal. absolutely brutal that sounds. Well, it reminded me of the American Gladiators. I don't know if you saw that documentary that came out recently within mm. the last year. I have, but just I heard how, that's good. Yeah, it just talk. It was. It just reminded me of that because it. You know, they talk about how every night they had to go out and just get their ass beat and perform every single night, and they're just they're they're going back on the bus every night and traveling to different you know, spots just like Hogan was doing. It's like you're just in an ice bath for every every minute you're off of that that platform or that stage, you're in an ice bath, basically. <laughs> and it was in Hogan. You would just think that so many of them get addicted to painkillers. I mean you, yeah. you heard you heard him talking about all that fentanyl. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, getting shot it's up with just, fentanyl. The, yeah. And getting addicted to pills and then not being able to get off them. I mean well, that happened so to Jake brutal. the Snake. That's all. That's another documentary that's really good about Jake the Snake, who he became oh, just yeah, addicted to pills and dr- just drank his life away. And that, and now he's sober and crushing it. But J- I may remember Jake the Snake from back then too. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah. like all those guys. Who knows who, where they're who was at? the guy that helped uh, Jake the Snake out? Dallas, Diamond Dallas. <sighs> Can't remember that guy. He's another uh, wrestler, but he, he has like. Uh, uh, <clears throat> He basically will take these guys in mm. and then they do like these yoga programs and then they, you know, kind right. of like wean themselves off and get strong again and get moving. Well, just think about how um, fucked up all their, their bones and their backs and arthritis and all this stuff. I mean, you, when you see that Jake the Snake guys. documentary, he can't even walk. And then, yeah, he starts doing yoga. He's gets off the pills. I, hopefully he's still mm-hmm. clean. Shout out to Jake the Snake. Hopefully he's keeping it real. But man, he was a mess. Yeah. He was a freaking mess. And think of that guy was like was like Hogan. Same thing. He was he was the the world heavyweight champion for a while, was he not? I'm pretty sure. It just breaks my heart to think that these like basically these guys were superheroes to us as kids. Oh yeah. If you think about it, they really totally. are. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? They're like superheroes. So like to see them get old and not be able to move like that is it's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. It's like the price they had to pay to be that. You know? Oh, Jake Roberts never won a world title. Hmm. Maybe that's why oh. he started drinking. Poor guy. That's some bullshit. Oh, well, either way, I remember him being one of the biggest, you know, wrestlers at that time. Pretty, oh, it's Diamond dope. Dallas Page. Of course it is. He's the guy that's, like, really been helping people. Nice. And and doing the yoga, and he helped Jake the Snake. And, yeah, he was great on Rogan. I really liked that guy, too. Fuck yeah, he should have Jake the Snake on next. He's had him on. Oh, he has? Yeah, Rogan had oh, him on. sick. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. And again, to- uh, Tony was there. Tony fucking loves it. He geeks <laughs> out so hard. And what I love about it is, like, he doesn't even say a lot. He just wants to be there and enjoy it mm-hmm. and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's, like, ripping on uh, Hogan for not knowing how to Google things. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I liked his attitude. I thought he was super positive. Absolutely. I liked that he's like humble. He's about caring about people. You know, he's obviously leaning into a religion <clears throat> for guidance. Good for him. And keeping him straight. And he seems happy. He's in got this another hot relationship blonde. that he's in. Another hot blonde. He, does. he couldn't he couldn't stray away from the blondes, you know. She's like twenty years younger than him. He loves her kids. Hard, I mean hard to do. Good for him, man. Hell yeah. Well, lastly, before we move on. What about him working with Stallone and Mr. T? Mm. How dope is that? A-Team, baby. Yeah, come on. I, di- I didn't realize that he was in that movie back in the day with Stallone. He almost what? got 
Yeah, I didn't. It, that wasn't from Rocky. That was something else. It was. That, oh, it was no, Rocky. No, that was Rocky, dude. Oh, yeah. Clearly, I haven't so, seen Rocky in so a long in, time. Was that Rocky, Rocky three? I think it was Rocky two. Huh. I gotta have to watch those. Yeah. Again. So I'm pretty sure it was Rocky two. Um, because he lifted him up and just freaking body slammed his ass. He said he fucked up his uh his shoulder when he did it, or collarbone. Was that Rocky two? I see. I don't remember that. I remember. I re- oh, Hulk Hogan's appearance in Rocky Three. Rocky Three, okay. Rocky Three, nineteen eighty-two. So basically, what it was is, um, you know, uh, Stallone is like the champ now, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he won the title in the second one, right? And it was a charity event that they had put on in the movie. It's like how they set it up. So it was like wrestlers versus boxers, and you know, it's that whole thing. Oh, wrestling's fake, and you know. They oh, right, because Mr. In T like was in that, too, and Apollo Creed. Oh, Apollo Creed helped yep. helped train him. Okay, I'm remembering now. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, he just freaking gets his ass beat by Hulk Hogan, who's, like, <laughs> having a great time and loving it, just throwing him all over the place. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. He only got paid 14000 for that, too. Hmm. I mean that's that's a lot of money in 1982. I guess you could say it's like I don't know what that would be today, maybe 50 grand, but it's not a lot for a movie. Uh, I mean, I guess well, not no, bad. not when Rocky Three was the uh, fourth highest grossing film at the domestic box office in 1982 worldwide. Damn. And the theme song "Eye of the Tiger" was obviously the best theme song in the world of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's freaking up, that dude. If you dude, don't listen to that and get pumped, on. there is something. Wrong I forgot with you. that that was Rocky's theme song. Rocky Three, nice, dude. Eye of the Tiger. All right, buddy. Well, Love should it. we should anyway we move check on? that one out? Let's let's move on. Move Jump on over to what's his name? Steve. Dave Smith. No, Dave. 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 Dave Smith, the Libertarian. Gotta love that. Uh, yeah, again, I mean, heady. I don't want to go on too much that was here. Heady. What, what are we at time-wise? We're at 40, 41 minutes, my friend. Okay. Yeah, let's let's make it kind of short. I mean, listen, it's interesting, right? And, you know, they jump on a lot of points. I mean, Biden, Ukraine, Hunter, the ties there. 9-11. There's some funny business going on. Yeah, 9-11 stuff. It. it Oh, you know, they're flying the Saudis out. They're flying, you know, Bin Laden's family out. It's like how, how do people like we people know this happened, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of glossed over. It's or you like, get oh, yelled yeah. at for talking about it. People think you're nuts, and it's just like, okay, I guess we want to live in like a pretend reality most of the time, you know, <clears throat> where we're like, no, 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 that couldn't possibly be like that because. That would mean that the government is all fucked up. And I'm like, I think it might be. It well, of sounds course like it is. it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, it, look, it was a heady one, but man, was it, it was informational and absolutely worth talking about. Yeah. One bit also when they brought up Sam Harris mm-hmm. and, um, you know, obviously super smart guy, speaks well. I've always been a fan. But recently he has been on this thing about, being behind like we've lost trust in these institutions you know fda of course we have science you know in general blah 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 and then he's like we need to get back on that and people like joe rogan and and 
Jordan Peele or whoever he says, like a bunch of other people, he's like saying that they're causing this or encouraging it and it's bad for humanity and the way we think. And Mm -hmm. I just, I can't be on board with that, man. I feel like, hold on. Why is it not okay to question, lose faith and be frustrated in governments, institutions, companies that have lied to us, cheated us and, and maybe stolen from us. It's like it's their mm-hmm. responsibility to win our trust. Like, why should we just be on board with that, right? Well, we shouldn't be. They just want us to be, and that's where all the propaganda is moving towards. But is this they... is what Sam Harris is saying. He's saying these people, like Rogan, shouldn't be speaking out. That's such about bullshit. These things. No, I don't. I don't like Sam Harris. We need after confidence that. in these things. No, I don't. I don't, I like don't know and if I, I can trust that. I now. used to like him. I don't like that. Who Who is he getting paid by to say that? Who's who's fronting his probably mortgage? probably no one. I believe that he's a very honest <sighs> okay. person. That no one's in his pocket, and he's hating on Rogan because he why? He's what he's saying because and he's very why? smart. Because why? He's saying that Rogan has people on that maybe have some discerning different ideas, different ideas that aren't maybe may or may not be true. Well, I think what he's worried about is by encouraging these people on and having this dialogue. It's encouraging a lot of people in the world in this country to not believe in these systems and we need them to help us right so they're the best we've got yeah they make mistakes but they're the best we've got and people need to have confidence in them otherwise if we're not listening to anyone we're not going to be able to help ourselves if there's like real pandemics and real bad things happening Hmm. the the you know so it's kind of logical but the problem is it's like forced conformity and it's like okay we just blindly do it i think it's the institution's responsibility to gain the people's trust and if you have lost it which you have then fucking show us like some good things about you i hear you right show us being like you know that you can be honest and you can admit to making mistakes and take things back and change things and be useful. I mean, whatever. I'm not happy with hmm. what he said. It doesn't doesn't fill me with confidence, and it's a real bummer because I, I I just always felt like he was one of the wisest people I'd ever heard speak, honestly. And now now I'm not sure. Well, I gotta say I. You know, this was right at the beginning, but Ramaswamy, I did not realize that this 37-year-old tech uh, looks like an Indian tech dude. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is the geo, he's seeking GOP presidential nomination, and he is saying, I don't, I don't believe the 9-11 commission report. Amen to that. I love when people Fuck speak yeah. out about stuff. I mean, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. That's why I, that's why I appreciate libertarians, right? They're kind of, they kind of sway both ways a little bit. I hope there's a point in time where people can get a hold of some real information from that time. And I'd be really curious to know all the truth. And all he said is, all he said, and they pointed this out several times, I don't believe the government has told us the truth. He didn't say it was a conspiracy theory or we were part of it. He just says, I don't think they told us the truth. And they clearly did not. That is a fact. We know that now. Like you said, they're flying Saudis out. People in the Bin Laden family are getting flown out the next day by Bush Jr. Explain that one. What the fuck? Explain that one. You don't think there's some weird shit going on there, guys? And we're not allowed to 
talk about this like 20 freaking two years later, however long, you know. Yeah. When did that happen? 2001? Yeah. One of the weirdest things <sighs> was when they first told him and he's at that school and he just sits there and oh, stares dude. for oh, like dude. six minutes. He knew. He knew. It's like what? It's almost like someone, group of people told him this was going to happen. They're like, this is why this is going to happen and mm -hmm. we're going to do this. And it's, you know, for the greater good of the country or however they spun it, like we're doing this and it's going to set these balls in, you know, this whole thing in motion. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. then we're going to invade all these countries and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, wait, what? And then it happens and he's just sat there like in shock, right. just going, holy shit, the president really doesn't run anything. <laughs> And I'm gonna have to lie about this for years. Well, we all knew we all knew Cheney was the president at that time. I mean, come on, <laughs> right? Come on. Oh, what a so, time! So yeah, I mean, good, all right, well, good stuff. Good stuff. Let's let's wrap it up. You know, listen to Dave, and there's a lot of good information in there. He's obviously a smart guy. I enjoy it. It's you know heady and political, but it's not as depressing as it sounds. No, it's there's some cool information in there, and. You know, if you've been frustrated about COVID and all the rest of it, I mean, they really line some stuff out. You know what I mean? I just want Dave to take some tips from Tim Dillon. Be a little bit more funny when you're talking about serious shit. It makes it a little bit more lighthearted and more fun to talk about. Okay, come on. Take some tips from my he's, boy. He's going to do it the way he does it, brother. All right. Not every podcast has to be funny. All right. I, I get it. All right. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you as always. And um yeah shout out to our boys over at audio boom they are great we appreciate them and latest nerds talk all to you right. next week all right thanks for tuning in peace ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.